You know, he'd do it all over again. That's the troubling part of Kanye. Uh, Kanye West, Joe, and, you know, just a prime example of what's wrong on this planet right now. You know, I guess mental health, you know, becomes the first thing that jumps out at you when you see someone like Kanye West, who I agree with you, super talented, super talented person, really had um, a platform and an opportunity, um, and, and, and it's a mental health issue, you know, I think first and foremost, and he's some some you know in some way delusional that he thinks he's a you know a huge social genius that he sees these things that others don't see and he needs to you know point out hypocrisies and uh and life truths that I'm I'm just not sure aren't there I mean you tell me Jay you're Jewish and you're part of the media are you on this you know Jewish media mafia that runs the entire entertainment industry and uh it's it's insane it's just it's an insane position to take from someone who made himself a billionaire um, in the entertainment industry, so I don't know how much oppression there is when you when you wind up becoming a billionaire from that industry. It's crazy, and you know, to to make such global anti-Semitic remarks is insane to me. I mean, it's just, but that's a mental health issue that exists, and you know, here we see the First Amendment again at work, right? You have a right to say what you want to say, but people have a right to spend their money and, and boycott and not and not support you as well. And he overplayed his hand, you know, incredibly terribly, um, thinking that he was going to get much more support. He thought, and, and it was it was complete hubris, he thought Adidas wasn't going to go anywhere because of the, uh, the footwear he brought to Adidas. And then, uh, you know, Adidas dropped him, and, uh, you know, I was just reading that he, he showed up at Sketches unannounced and they escorted him out of the building. So I don't know what he's doing. I don't know where he's going. I don't know what happened. But I think really, again, if he's getting good advice and if he has anybody who, uh, who, who really genuinely cares about him and genuinely cares about his future, I think the thing to do right now is to, uh, is to reset. Take a, uh, take a break. Go to, go to a mental health retreat. Um, Go, go, go! Get some help. Really, go figure out what's what's driving these demons. I understand he's lost a lot. I understand he lost his family. I understand all of that stuff happens, but I think it's time for him to say, you know what? I'm not thinking clearly, world, and uh, I need to take a break and figure this all out, and then and then come back and try and make amends for for the pain that he's he's been causing and, and the silliness that he's been saying. I mean, I think that's the real, only real play he has right now. So. Whether he does that or not is is up to him. These guys usually double down and think they are bigger than they really are and think that they have more um, political clout and street clout than they really do. So we'll have to see where he goes. But, you know, Kanye, believe me, best thing to do right now is uh, is reset, take a break, go, go, go on a retreat, go get some therapy, go surround yourself with people who really care um, about you and your mental health. And uh, and come back and just try and make amends for what you've done. You've been given so much in your life, you really have. I mean, and to make such global hateful comments that that are silly, that don't make any sense to me, is uh, it's just to me a sign of some some significant mental health distress going on right now. Massive help. I mean, a- a- anyone in a circle who might have an affiliation of some sort you know, needs to talk some common sense that he needs to talk to somebody and without question 
Uh, get back to uh, Mr. Campolo off the record, on the record, and uh, still a ton of stuff, uh, folks, to talk about in the next 20 or so. Let's go back to the debate also. You know, I saw excerpts of the Fetterman oz debate. Uh, you know, this is a, an example of an individual uh, who had a stroke, should not have been on that stage, should have bowed out of this whole thing, uh, and really let the guy that finished second in that primary, Colin Lamb, uh, Joe, uh, kind of take the reins here of the party and get on to meet Oz in the uh, general election. Uh, very sad, very sad to see what happened to Fetterman. Uh, I don't like that when somebody is exploited as the way he put himself on that stage with the obvious uh, disparity of a mindset based on the uh, condition that he has. And the condition is he's repairing himself from a stroke. And the, quite frankly, as somebody of that ilk, you need to be at the top of your game. You need to be at the top of your game as you make way to uh, fight in the nation's capital for your state. Uh, I don't think he's capable of doing it. Uh, and very sad. And, you know, especially with the fracking questions and everything else, it was tough. It was a very tough watch if anyone caught that, Joe. That's it, and I did and I did go back and watch it. I didn't watch it live, but I went back and I and I watched it and – you know, Jay, it's 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 a it's a it's a it's a tough situation because here you have somebody who, and everybody has a right to run for elected office. I understand that, and everybody has a right to uh, you know to not be discriminated against. But also, voters have a right to vote for people that they feel um, are able to do the job and are capable of doing the job. And you know, it's 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 really a tough watch and it's a tough issue. And I feel like. You know, once again, I feel like party politics gets involved, and they and they try and push candidates into positions and into situations where it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I mean, the guy had a medical issue; he had a stroke. He's he's recovering from it. They say, you know, normally from these types of symptoms, they they recover from them and they go away. Sometimes they don't. And so, what are voters supposed to do, right? And this is just another one of those situations that voters find themselves in where. If they even uh, verbalize or say, you know, I'm not really sure the guy's going to be on the top of his game, and I need somebody who's going to be on the top of their game, uh, you know, in the U.S. Senate, 24 by 7 by 365, they can become demonized, and it becomes a very uncomfortable situation. Um, I really think that it's on the ballot, though. I mean, the guy, to his credit, put him put himself out there. Uh, he's transparent. He didn't try to hide who he is and what he is. But it's on the ballot now, and voters are going to have to decide, you know, whether they feel comfortable having him represent them in the United States Senate. I mean, it's just one of those one of those things. I do I do hope that he uh, fully recovers, and I hope that you know all is well with him. But if you're going to put yourself out there to run for for U.S. Senate, then everything that's uh, that's there needs to be needs to be on the ballot. Um, it's just such a such a weird situation. I think that. Um, that, that the voters have themselves in right now. But if he put himself out there, Jay, it's on the ballot, in my opinion. I, I agree. It just puts voters in a very tough position right now uh, because uh, we know it's a uh, an area, a state, and whatnot, uh, in which, you know, Fetterman will probably win. He could win, you know. But based on what we saw the other night, you know, again, we bring back common sense and everything else, and Oz really should be representing the people of that Keystone State. Uh, it's a tough spot. It really is that Fedman put everybody in right now. And he should have bowed out and let Conor Lamb take off. That's really what should have happened. 
for the good of the people, the good of the party, and everything else. If you're thinking that way. But uh, whoever's advising him uh, is doing a terrible disservice, in my estimation, of their candidate and the people of Pennsylvania. I mean, that's really all there is. Uh, Joe Campolo off the record, on the record. Joe, let's move to another carry. It's the Brittany Griner deal. Her prison sentence uh, was upheld and appeals and everything else. Now, listen, I'm not a Griner fan. Uh, it's very clear that she completely dislikes the United States for what they stand for in her actions over the years during games and whatnot. She has been very vociferous in that regard. Um, I still separate that as far as the actual crime uh, that she committed, which was having these vape cartridges in the luggage and everything else. Uh, and she was very, uh, you know, she was very, very stupid. Let's put it plainly, as far as, you know, how you go about your business. You got to be very careful when you're overseas, uh, especially in a nation in which there is an adversarial point of view of leadership uh, between where she comes from and where she was. Uh, to be that ignorant, uh, you know what? You deserve what you get. However, with that being said, nine years is way too harsh. People have had lesser sentences uh, for tough crimes over there, from what I read. Um, we don't know what's happening with these negotiations of a prisoner swap. Uh, let's not forget Mr. Whalen is still over there as far as uh, what he uh, went through. Shouldn't be there 16 years, whatever the hell it is. I mean, there is an issue in that regard. And quite frankly, uh, I don't know how how it ends with Brittany Griner. Right now, she's in a spot in which the country that she's being housed in is at war. And quite frankly, we are aiding the opponent of that country right now, as far as the weaponry is concerned. So that's why, you know, you have this uh, break in the action as far as any negotiation is concerned. But basically, that's how it is with Brittany Griner. I mean, that's a tough spot for her, I'll tell you, Joe. Tough spot. You know, Jay, I consider this story one of the ironies of ironies of all time, right? Here you have somebody, um, and and like many, they're outspoken about, uh, you know, United States policy and how oppressive United States policy is and how terrible the United States policies are. And then out of nowhere, out of nowhere, she uh, she finds herself in jail in uh, in Russia. You know, probably the most one of the most, if not the most, oppressive uh, countries in the world, and is learning the hard way what uh, what true oppression actually looks like. Um, you know, it, it's it. She's a pawn. Unfortunately, she's a political pawn at this point, and um, it's a really really tough spot. Like. You know, of course, on one hand, you want to be like, so the United States isn't so bad now, after all, is it? Um, but I think she gets that. I, I mean, she's there eight or nine months now. I think she understands and has learned sort of a life lesson of, you know, what, what the U.S. is really all about for all of our warts, for all of our problems, for all of our challenges. Um, you know, we still are the greatest and most free country in the world. Um, for reasons that are just being exemplified by her, um, nine years for some pot is is a ridiculous sentence, no matter where you are. It's just ridiculous. It's, everybody knows that. But again, she's she's being used as a pawn now in this great chess game that's going on between China, Russia, the United States, Ukraine, and everything else that's uh, that's there. And uh, and Putin sees it as a chip. 
you know so russia has a russia has a chip now to use um because again you, you know russia has no end game with ukraine they have no world stage their economy is decimated and will continue to be decimated because of this war in ukraine and uh and the sanctions that are going on there and so they have to reach out to china and we see them collaborating with china they're playing war games together with china they're you know they're co-developing missiles together and outpacing the united states in fact with regards to missiles but now he ha- now he has a chip right he has he has a chip and and he's going to play that chip and that you know so on one hand where you know a piece of me is like well us isn't so bad now is it um and and uh, you know you're get, you're getting what you asked for uh, on the other hand i don't like united states citizens being used as as pawns as political as political pawns by foreign operatives i mean in this in my mind right now she served her time um you know eight or nine months okay you did your time let her go now she's a hostage in my mind now she's she's gone from from prisoner to hostage that uh that russia's holding on to so they have a chip um as this unfolds on the world stage with ukraine and that to me is unacceptable you know and, and it's a delicate situation i understand it's a delicate situation from a national security perspective but i think what we should be calling her right now is a is a russian hostage um eight months nine months for some pot you did your time come back to the states and move on with your life uh, and that would be in normal times in a normal country in a normal arrest that would be sort of where this whole thing would have ended maybe we would have swapped one of our prisoners for her and uh, and everybody would have been about their business but she is a she is being held a hostage now for 9 years um is is unbelievable and we have to figure it out we we have to figure it out um and i think you know we will figure it out i hope we will figure it out because Russia can't keep going on <coughs> the way it is, Jay. It just can't keep. The economic sanctions have, have ravaged that country. Um, you know, but as economic sanctions pressure, then the military pressure is going to is going to increase on Ukraine. So there'll be, there will be a trade. My prediction is sometime in 2023 there will be a trade. She will come home. What I hope we don't do is, you know, make somebody a hero uh, for that. Um, we just need to move on with our business. And remember, when you're in the United States criticizing it, it could be a lot worse. Now listen, I hear you. Uh, uh, the comments regarding uh, her feeling on this country still resonates with me. I'm not in any rush uh, to get her out. She's in the wrong place, wrong time right now. I mean, listen, Putin's threatening to use a nuclear weapon. Uh, and also, we're talking about a trade-off of a terrorist, a known terrorist. Uh, known terrorist. I'm not thrilled about that either, to be honest with you. Um, as far as the crime itself, it doesn't warrant nine years. I mean, come on. I mean, that's insane, but it is what it is. All right, we're running almost out of time. I do want to get to one more, this whole thing regarding Daryl Brooks. Uh, folks, this was the guy who drove an SUV into a Christmas parade crowd in Waukesha. Last year, Wisconsin found guilty international homicide, intentional homicide, excuse me. Um, and he killed six people. He wounded uh, Joe dozens more. You know, he barreled into that parade last November. Horrible scene. Uh, and he opted to represent himself in this trial, by the way, and was reportedly removed. He made outbursts in court. Uh, he faces a mandatory sentence now of life in prison. Joe, you know, this is a derivative of what we have talked about all year. 
you know, these woke DAs, and you got one in Milwaukee in that of John Chisholm. And read about John Chisholm, folks, and Daryl Brooks. You know, he's no different than the Krasnus, Boudins, Gascones of the world. Even Alan Bragg, for that, throw him in the mix. Oh, absolutely. But, uh, you know, this Chisholm is one of these guys. He builds himself as a bold reform with a track record of keeping the community safe. Bunch of BS. You know, a bunch of nonsense. And, you know, listen, you look at Milwaukee, crimes down in the city this year. But last year they saw a surge of 26 and change percent, 26 and a half percent, you know. And uh, again, after all this, you know, it uh, it was one of those things that emerged that he had been released from custody 10 days prior to this awful incident. Uh, and because of one of Chisholm's prosecutors recommended a mere $1,000 bail when Brooks was charged with using the same vehicle to run over a woman with whom he has a child. So, you know, this guy should never have been out on the streets. I look at Chisholm as I couple him with those other woke DAs that have destroyed our society, the Soros guys and all those guys and gals, the Kim Foxes, the Krasnas, the Gascoons, the Braggs, the Boutines, who's ousted. I mean, listen, John Chisholm is the same. And basically, thank goodness we had some justice, but it should have been six people that might have been averted being killed here, Joy. That was, Joe, that was the biggest thing I got out of that. Yeah. I, I, I agree with all of that. He should have never been out. Um, I've watched a lot of these, a lot of this testimony. I, you know, I've, I've, I've followed it, and I see the YouTube clips on what's going on. And, and first of all, I want to say hats off to the judge. I mean, this judge, she is, you know, she's done an amazing, amazing job managing this trial. You know, one of the challenges you have with the Constitution giving people a right to defend themselves is the proceedings become, you know, sort of, unmanageable because you get people who just don't understand the process or the procedure and then these things wind up being in mistrials or they wind up going to appeals for years and years and years because of the mess that's been created um, at the trial level and this judge she's done an amazing job really truly um, what a judge should be uh, she's incredibly incredibly well prepared with uh, with with case law to make sure that the record is is uh, is replete with case law for decisions she's made. I mean, this guy's had to be removed from the courtroom. He's he's threatened the judge. He's 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 a psychopath. You know, he was determined fit to stand trial. He's mentally competent to stand trial. But it's really just an unbelievable situation. Um, and you know, hats off to the judge for really managing this in a professional way and in a way that's going to make sure that justice is served for these poor families. If you watch the video of this guy, and one of the most riveting parts of the testimony that I watched, Jay, is, uh, you know, uh, one of the one of the witnesses to him driving into the crowd was describing it, and the report they gave was it looked like he was riding over speed bumps, and it turned out during the testimony that those speed bumps he was riding over were actually people. You know, it's just unbelievably horrible what he uh, what he did and uh you know he's now in the courtroom the jury has his fate i i can't imagine this coming back as a uh, as a not not guilty verdict he needs to he needs to go away and then just circling back to your original point i mean this is the problem when violent people are let back out i mean this is just the problem we have in this country you know we do have an incarceration problem we hear all the time 
the statistic thrown out there that 2 million people are incarcerated in the United States. It's the most of any country in the entire world, including Russia, blah, 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 blah. We get it. Understand that. And I don't, I don't disagree. I don't disagree that incarceration in this, in this country is a problem. The problem is we have too many nonviolent people incarcerated. And now, in order to rectify the overcapacity, they're letting violent people out while nonviolent people, low-end drug offenders and the like, are staying in prison. It doesn't make any sense to me. Violent offenders should be put away in prison. That's the whole point of a prison. The whole point of a prison is this person, if they're not detained, is going to hurt somebody. So, therefore, we need to detain them to make sure they don't hurt somebody. Okay, nonviolent people being in jail doesn't act as a deterrent. It's insane to me. You're letting all these people out, and they're hurting other people. That's the point. It does. And, Joe... It just emphasizes what's wrong in our system, and even more so, you look at New York, where you can't even use the word dangerousness in a piece of legislation. You can't let a judge do his his or her job by assessing if an individual is deemed fit to walk the streets again. This is a prime example where Brooks should never have been allowed to walk the streets. I mean, look at his actions in the in the courtroom. My goodness. You know, stripping, stripping down, and everything else. I mean, just the uh, his clothes. He puts uh, some sign down his pants. I mean, it's just stupid stuff when you read about uh, what happened here. I mean, my goodness, uh, this guy should. He's a prime example. I mean, this guy should never have been allowed on the streets. Uh, Joseph, we've hit the uh, hit the clock here, my friend. Give me something on Strata. What's happening there, Jay? You know, all is uh, all is good right now. You know. We're 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 in growth mode. I mean, it's really again. We talk about it all the time, but you know what's what's bad for the state is good for business. I mean, when people are unhappy with the state and want to leave the state, they they need to sell their business, and we've been very very busy trying to uh, trying to help facilitate those people and get that uh, get that underway and get that working. So um, you know, all is good, all is strong. The uh, the law firm is uh, is strong and doing well. And, uh, you know, we, we appreciate your support, Jay. You're a big supporter of ours and myself, my partners. We really appreciate all the support that you give us all the time. Great, uh, great situation. The great firm, Ken Pullman, Middleton and McCormick as well, folks. Check it out the website, cmmlp.com. And, of course, make a phone call. Any questions, 631-738-9100. My friend, we'll talk and see you soon. How's that? 